Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Kane, and I'm happy you decided to come through and chill me for a little bit. Um, trying to stay consistent, guys. Second episode in two weeks, you know, staying on top of it for the time being, and hopefully it stays this way. I gotta press myself to do so, but right now, we're still on it, so I'm gonna give myself a light pat on the back, pat, 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 and we're gonna move on. Uh, I wanna start with an apology, which I don't do often on the pod because usually I'm just kind of talking and I don't need to do that, I guess. But on the last podcast, I talked about protesting and about uh, actors and uh, background people who were out on the streets and I was like, I don't get it. This isn't helpful. I was informed by someone who works in the industry that if you are a SAG, part of your commitment and part of your membership is that you need to do a certain number of hours and I guess protesting qualifies as hours of service essentially and that is what most of the people are doing they they're not getting I guess hours working because everything's closed down so being out there protesting that's fulfilling the requirements that's how some people pay for the health insurance so that is why they're out there I mean some people probably are out there who aren't even SAG, who just are supporting the cause, but a lot of people who are out there are doing it because they kind of have to. Otherwise, they can lose their coverages, and we don't want that, giving all the health stuff that happens in the world. So if you are SAG, if you are a writer, and you didn't like what I said, it was out of ignorance. I didn't know, and I'm sorry, and I approve this message. <laughs> Political landscape. Today's podcast is going to be about the power of thinking big. There's actually a, a book called The Magic of Thinking Big that is a great book that I highly recommend. And a lot of what I say is going to be, I guess, derivative of what the book is, but it's more like anecdotal because I'm kind of using my own life example for it. But this came to me because today I actually paid for the venue where we're taping the next special. And... Initially, they had a promotion where you can pay for like half of it now, half the night of the show. And then I guess that ended in July. And uh, it was like, hey, if you want the venue, full price. And I'm not going to hold you. I was not looking forward to paying a full price. And I I looked at other venues and I, I got to the point, this is maybe a scarcity mindset attached to also thinking small. So it's a daily double of negativity where I saw what the venue cost and I said, you know what? We can probably do it somewhere else for a lot cheaper. And I started kind of doing the mental gymnastics of like not wanting to pull the to pull the trigger, not wanting to make the purchase. And like basically they send you an offer, like this is how much it costs to rent the venue and you have like five days to respond to it. And I got to day four <laughs> and I was just kind of like, I kept looking at it like it was going to change and I knew it wasn't. And it got to the point where I had to ask myself, what is it about the venue you wanted in the first place? And the first part was that it was visually the way I wanted the venue to be set up. The proximity to the stage, the number of seats, how big the actual stage is, um, the location is cool. And But also it was because when we shot the last special, I think there are aspects of it that were really ambitious and there were some that were not so much. And I think that led to a good product that could have been great. So the fact that it wasn't great in total, I take 
full responsibility, full ownership on that because I think as much as I pre-planned stuff and I actually had an amazing crew of people, I had like eight people working with me on that, which is the most I've ever had on any kind of project before. It's very, you know, new and all that. We chose a venue that was comfortable. And when it came to editing, when it came to uh, camera work, all of that was negatively affected because the venue itself wasn't quote unquote big enough for what we're trying to do. And so when I saw this new venue, I thought, okay, this venue looks like something that's going to be a production that's going to get a certain amount of attention. It's going to look at the scale and the level that I want it to be at. And I walked around with the owner. We talked for a minute. I told him what I wanted. He gave me basically everything I asked for. He said, it's yours, right? And when it came to actually buying it, that's when that dissonance kicks in a little bit and those little small thoughts of, well, I mean, we could still do a good show for like 50 less seats because you get to keep a little bit more money. And that's just not, you're not going to achieve the level you can get to if those thoughts dominate your actions, right? And we all do this from time to time. I know and myself, other friends who a job offer will come available. And maybe it's slightly outside of their expertise. Maybe it'll be kind of a long shot they got the job. But, you know, doesn't mean you can't apply for it. They don't hire you. They don't hire you. Okay, that's that happens. But to not apply under the guise of, oh, they probably won't want me anyway. They don't, they, they don't want me. They, they, they probably have the person they want. Yeah, maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe they're going to hire you internally. Maybe it's a sham interview process like the NFL does for their coaches sometimes. Like that's a that's a real thing. But if you never put yourself in the arena, then you won't get the job. Because you're not there. <laughs> you got to give them you got to have them tell you no. Right? And so it's a it's a, it's very similar in this respect where I'm in Hollywood and it's so saturated with people who want to be seen who think they have a message who think they have a talent and they don't bet on themselves enough and if you moved out here you bet on yourself to some degree but there's levels to everything and in every situation there's levels on top of levels on top of levels right and so this venue for the show initially when i saw it i thought wow this is kind of like i'm not gonna lie to you i got a little i got shook <laughs> I'm shook. <laughs> I can't sing. I was shook because I saw the setup of it. And I saw how big the stage was. And I saw the bar. And I saw the lobby. And I was just like, this is a lot. And for a moment, I thought, is this too ambitious? Is this too much for me at this current juncture? And that was a very, just a very honest assessment of it. And finally, it was like, listen, I don't know how all the money stuff's going to come together. I don't know if we're going to get the talent that we want to get. I don't know if the editing is going to be what it's supposed to be. I don't know how any of this is going to go. I do know that I think that... I do know that I think. I do know this venue on paper and in person is what we could use to get to where we want to get to. I think this is a good vehicle to get to the end result. We may end up having a show that night and the comics aren't that funny. The editing might be a little choppy. Who knows? But what won't be the issue this special round is that the venue will not be the issue. It looks awesome. I can't wait for you guys to see it. 
I mean, it's the stage itself. I'm, I'm hyping it up. <laughs> the stage is like 50 feet long. It's a big stage. And the crowd is probably triple the size of the last crowd. I mean, it's, listen, we're, we're going up. There's some Jefferson stuff, right? We're moving on up. And I'm really looking forward to it. And it's all the way in December. So I'm giving you guys all this hype. We're not even taping to December, which means the earliest you would see it is probably like April or May. So <laughs> this is almost a year from now. But I wanted to book it now because I know people, again, don't have the foresight to book that far in advance. I actually looked at another location that was like closer to me and maybe a third of the price. I said, hey, are you guys booking for December? And the lady was like, that's kind of far out, isn't it? And I was like, well, so are you not going to take the money? And she was just kind of like checking back in and said in September or October. I was like, nah, I think that's God's way of being like, stop thinking small, go big, go make it happen. And so we, I, so I, I did it. I paid for it. The guy reached back, hey, looking forward to doing a special with you. We'll check in a month out. And if you have any questions, let me know. And now it's just like this multi-month waiting game until we get there. But that happened today. And when I did it, like there was a little <laughs> it was an anxious thing because, you know, besides inflation, I'm spending a lot of money in a lot of different areas right now. And anytime you're, I'm not a spender. Anyone who knows me, I keep it tight. Even when I have it, I keep it tight. Like that's why, I, that's why I like Ross so much because Ross never asked me to spend too much. <laughs> I come to Ross, I'm like, Ross, are you giving me another 1199 shirt? And they're like, Yes, for you, Chris. But when I'm spending, and again, this is not frivolous spending. I'm not out here buying crazy stuff. But I have, I'm beginning my wedding season like in two to three weeks. And it's like, oh, I'm in all these weddings. So I have to buy or rent the tux. And some of them require you to buy shoes. And then I have to book two or three trips. And then you book this venue. And then I'm taping the podcast for uh, Equinox uh, two days from now. And we got to book the venue. And the venue is like, oh, if you want to record, that costs a little bit extra. If you want us to edit the video for you because we do this, that costs even more. And so all of that is happening at the same time. And so if you resort back to small thinking, that can feel overwhelming. You can feel like, oh, man, that's a lot of stuff. Um, maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe I'm stretched too thin. I don't know if I'll have all that stuff. Add that with all the stuff in my family, which I won't get into on the pod. But just know... I didn't think I would have to spend money on the fam recently. And guess what? I am. And so it's all happening at the same time. But we're just in the pocket. I'm just in the pocket right now. You got to keep moving. Got to keep working. You're going to figure it out. That's, a, that's the beauty of the, the mentality of it's going to work itself out. Everything happens for a reason. God has his plan, his timetable, what have you. Those things, if you, when you combine those three ideologies, for lack of a better word, at some point, you have to believe it. They like Saying it is one thing. Like, oh, yeah, everything has a reason. God's got me. It's cool to say that, but then when things start kind of getting to a fever pitch and then you resort back to old thinking, then that means you don't believe what you said. Because you wouldn't resort. You would just forge ahead. The only way out is forward. And so that means other jobs, opportunities, they're still taping commercials out here. I know they may not be reporting that on TV. They're still actually taping a lot of stuff. We're not really doing TV, but I get probably 15 to 20 listings a day. 
for commercials, for non-union stuff, for student films. Like, a lot of stuff is actually still happening out here. They're taping two game shows. Like, Kevin Hart has a new game show. I guess you'll see that soon enough. But there's things happening. So there's other ways to kind of get it aside from the traditional way. But we're just going to push ahead. This is this is the planning season. This is the... You've been putting time and effort into it. You have to let it grow and blossom. But you got to believe in yourself enough to get uncomfortable get uncomfortable just as how uncomfortable that word was <laughs> to get uncomfortable <laughs> to get uncomfortable and that is good because when you think big and this is something that i've found for myself i don't remember if this is in a book or not but i think it is when you think bigger than where you're currently at your brain starts trying to figure out how to bridge the gap which it won't do if you're thinking small the thing is small is it's within my realm. It's within my range, so I can just easily do it. But when you're thinking bigger, it requires you to think more creatively, deeper, collaboratively. It just makes it makes you pull more. Again, it doesn't always work out just because you've had an ambitious dream. It could still like fall through. But you'll get so much further pursuing something bigger than you will if you were just staying small and pursuing something small. And in thinking about this, last year we looked into sponsorships and all that kind of stuff. It did not happen. And honestly, we probably shouldn't have had sponsors last year given how large the venue was and the cost and all that. Like, it wasn't really necessary for this show, it will most likely be. But I've already had two people hit me up like, hey, I know um, you got a show at the end of the year, man. If you need, you know, support in some way, like sponsor or if you need like an event, so-and-so like let us know and it's like oh okay cool that's cool to hear initially i mean i'm gonna have to reach out to more people but i very much believe that just in sponsorships alone we can probably offset the cost for the most part even if we and if it doesn't so what that's better than last year we literally had no one sponsor last year last year was all me and i don't believe that would be the case this year and in addition to that even how we staff the show the way we get the audience. Like, my brain has already been thinking about this stuff four, five, six. I was thinking about this three months ago. Like, how do we organize a team of people to work toward the same goal that's beneficial for them and for me? I was already thinking, because I always think win-win. That's one of the things in uh, the seven habits of highly effective people. It's like win-win thinking, I think, is the best. But the way I think society goes a lot of times, we think win-lose or win or lose-lose. Sometimes it's like, hey, we, neither of us got what we wanted. But more often than not, it feels like somebody won and somebody lost, so it becomes a win-loss negotiation. I don't think that needs to be the case for the most part. Um, why? We can all get it. <laughs> we can all get something from this, right? So if I want someone to help me with the show, maybe I can't just promise them a, like an upfront salary. I would love to. Like, hey, I'm going to pay you. 2000 to do this and they be like, all right cool and they do it right but that can also lead to people not working hard the money's guaranteed then that can kind of be a weird thing right so i think i have a system in place where it's prorated or tiered what have you like hey if you can get this many people to the show you get this amount if you get this many whatever whatever and it is it motivates them to work harder and if they decide not to work that hard then they don't get paid as well as they can. 
like I'm willing to pay the maximum amount if they do the maximum amount of work. But I think that's a better way to do it and to get a few people on that job because last year it was a two-person job staffing the show. And uh, it led to some very late costs <laughs> that we didn't foresee. So when you think bigger, it, it really it pushes you to your limit, which is good because we, I think, mostly in life are kind of stuck in our little bubbles. If you ask people when's the last time you were pushed past your limit, I think many people will look at you, look up at the sky, squint, and just, um, I don't know, but... Like, I think it would be difficult that maybe they'll say something like, oh, my boss gave me an assignment that was like an 18-hour assignment that was doing 16 hours. They'll say something to that effect. But even that feels kind of, I guess arbitrary is not the right word, that it feels less satisfying. It's like you were pushed to your limit to do something for someone else, to do something for your employer. So maybe you can rephrase the question. What's the last time you pushed yourself to the limit and do something for yourself? Maybe that's a better question. And I think you'll be shocked by the number of people who don't have an answer or it's like, man, it's been a long time. Like, when's the last time you pushed your personal development? When's the last time you pushed your networking? When's the last time you had a thought and just said, I'm going to execute the thought, come hella high water? When's the last time you did that? It's a good question. Um, in the entertainment space, I guess it happens to be more regularly because you have chances to keep performing, but... In day-to-day life, it's hard to do that. And it's scary. But scary is okay. Scary is okay. I think sometimes you need to hear that. Because if it's not scary, then it doesn't move you. Like, I always equate things to dating because we all date. If you see someone at the bar, party, gathering, and you think... Let's say you think of yourself as a seven. Okay? You see someone that you think is a four, and you say, I'm going to talk to that four. There's no pressure. You just walk over, hey, I'm a seven talker to a four. You want to dance or a drink or something? <laughs> you have to say it exactly like that. You want a drink or something? Like, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> then it's like, all right, cool. But if you think you're a seven and you see someone you think is a 10, and they're like, maybe they've been talking to people all night, you've been kind of plotting and waiting for your moment to strike and you see them and you're finally making a move up to them like your heart is beating faster and you're thinking harder bigger it's like okay this person's a 10 they've been getting talked to all night i have to cut through that because obviously everyone says the same like hey let's say i'm talking to a woman oh my god you're so beautiful hey how are you here alone and all that dumb stuff and the guy's like model-esque and he just got the jawline chest is out like he knows what he's doing so you say oh my god like do you work out he's like yeah a couple times a week (laughs) like it's the same line so you're thinking how do i stand out how do i cut through how do i not embarrass myself and how do i i guess ultimately get the attention of this person you think harder you do and if you don't if you just think nah i'm just gonna take a shot and we'll see what happens then you are a way more adjusted person than i am and this podcast is probably not for you. <laughs> you don't need unofficial or, or real therapy. Because apparently you just got it all figured out. If they say yeah, they say yeah, say no, they say no. Blase. There's probably something to that too though. That's like a, you're not allowing yourself to maybe feel joy or something. I could probably unpack that and make that a problem. But 
It's fine. So in that respect, you want to try harder. I want to try harder for this special than I have for anything else. For sure. And this podcast that we I'm scouting venues tomorrow. I'm very excited. They there's a lot of venues out here actually, but I'm looking at it for all of it. The aesthetics, how close it is. I have a guest coming through, so it's like how much of a commute is it for them? Obviously price points a thing, but also just what I what I want to look at what that backdrop looks like, that kind of thing. And there's two spots that are fifteen minutes from my house. I'm seeing them tomorrow, and I'm really excited to go through and just kind of, like, be in a space. It happens like that when you do, like, comedy. You can get to the venue early, and you just walk on stage and look out into the crowd and kind of feel like, okay, when this is full or this is where my sight line is going to be, you can, you can visualize it first. When I get there, I'll, I can visualize taping the podcast, and I think that's going to add a certain level of excitement to it, where it's, okay, I'm going to sit here. Am I going to fold my leg? Am I going to lean microphone left side right side all that little stuff that you don't really think about when you're watching just watching someone do a podcast i'm gonna do it because obviously this is going to be kind of a one-shot situation tape it edit it up and we'll pitch it um i'm more confident today than i've been up to this point because i think we found the venue it just has to look like a hell of a on a photo and up to this point, there were just a lot of venues, and I said, oh, we'll find one. And I saw this layout for this last one. It was simplistic, but it was cool, and they gave a couple of different options. They can change the backdrop. They can change the color of the furniture and all that kind of stuff. So I think the idea that it's flexible flowed with me better. I didn't like some were just rigid, and it was like the backdrop would be like the studio location. So it would be like... Jameson Studios, and it's like right in the sight line of the camera. I said, like, well, I don't want that <laughs> to be there. Get that out of there. This is not a Jameson Studios production. So, yeah, and I was talking to my client today who didn't know about this, and they're like, wow, that's really, like, bold of you to do all that. And I hadn't thought of it as being bold. I thought of it as, you know, necessary on some level. But when I thought back, it was like, yeah, because this is zero guarantee this is going to work. Zero guarantee. But the upside is this could be possibly life-changing. And that is awesome. <laughs> it's awesome when you put it all on the line and it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. But if it goes, it's going. It's like, we out of here. It's like when you draft someone and they say, they got a lot of potential. If they could just put it all together. That's what they say about Zion. He's so athletic and he's so strong and he could jump. He just... Is not in shape, but if he ever gets in shape, woo, that guy could be MVP. That's how I feel about this moment. And usually, I spend the majority of my last 10, 12 years, I've, um, I realize this by myself, and it's not something that I'm happy about now, so we're changing it. Where I sometimes set the expectations lower to bypass the hurt, I guess, if something doesn't happen. Like the last time I really, really got excited was, <laughs> this is in February, maybe January of 2020. And I think if you listen to the podcast back then, you know this. When I had gone through this interviewing process and this audition process to be a host on a show that eventually never was made. But at the time, it was going to be essentially a black male version of The View. 
and they picked me and three other people. And I remember going through the process and everyone kind of looked the same. It's all black men. So we kind of have a lot of similar outlooks and that kind of thing. And they were all, I felt like reading from a script and I was the only one who just stood on his square and I kind of went against everyone. And I guess the executives and producers like that. They say, we like the fact that you're standing on your square. You don't mind being on an island. We need a descending voice for the show. We're going to start drafting up contracts. We want to shoot the first episode in like March or April. And we think if we can get it picked up, we think there's a market for it. And I remember telling my family and I was so excited. And I was usually I'm like, well, you know, we'll see how it turns out. Because that, you know, that hedges your bet a little bit. I was telling them when we were talking, all I ever wanted to do on some level is give my opinion or my gift, whatever those are, to the world and to make money from it. That's what comedy is. That's what the podcast was started for. And when they said you get to be on TV talking about things that black men think about in front of a studio audience, I'm going to give you a check for it. I was like, uh, ching ching. Also, yes, please. <laughs> it was all of it. And it wasn't, we need you to compromise. We need you to be like TV appropriate. They weren't asking me to, you know, jive or switch it up. It's just, hey, just be yourself. And I was so excited for it because I was like, this is what I moved out here for. Because they wouldn't do this where I'm from. And then, as you know, from 2020, we said, hey, we're shooting in March. And then it was like, well, they're closing studios for the COVID thing. We'll check back in with you guys in a few weeks. And that was, that was history. Never checked back in. Never shot it. Never got developed. That's just what happened. And so that was the last time I was really excited about something where I thought, this singular thing could change everything because if this gets picked up, let's say even like on a BET, I'm way more visible than I've ever been before. A lot of my family and friends still watch BET and they're like, yo, that's you on BET? Yeah, man, I have a talk show. Like, oh, you do? I was like, yeah, man, I'm on every week. Like, you don't know how far a reach like that can go. So for this podcast thing, see, even, even that is like an underselling it, like podcast thing for this podcast opportunity. There we go. Words matter. It's easy to just say, well, you know, we're going to tape it and see what the company says. I'm thinking we're going to tape this. It's going to be awesome. And when we present it, it's going to be undeniable. They won't have a choice but to accept it. Because why else would you not? Why would you not make money? Why would you stifle creativity and not allow the company to blossom the way it can? And obviously by proxy, me, because I'll be hosting at least partially. And the, all the stuff that grows from it, it all, it all, I can see it all. It's like constellations in my head. And if I don't even, like I've tried to find the scenario in my head where they just said, oh, we just don't think we can do it. Like, what is it you think you can't do? You don't have to do anything except say yes. Then I guess maybe cut a check, but you have a budget because you already market now. Just reallocate marketing budget money. Like it, it's, and again, taping a podcast, for those of you who haven't done one before, inside of a studio with lights, camera, whatever, whatever, for an hour-long show, you're talking somewhere between three and $500. And you get to have it, and that's as a finished package, three to 500 and you have it. And if you don't think a podcast with the biggest luxury brand behind it can't make back three to five hundred an episode just in endorsements alone. 
plus viewership, plus all the impressions, plus the reach. Like, what are we what are we talking about? That doesn't even make. That's why every time I try to find a scenario where they might be like, "Well, we can't do it," it's like, "What do you mean you can't do it? What is it you can't?" It doesn't even make sense. So, I'm excited because I think that should be. And again, if we talk in two or three weeks on a pod and I tell you guys we had the meeting and they said, not right now, where they tabled it, then I'm going to be disappointed. Sure. But that's also okay. It's okay to get excited about stuff. It's okay to be disappointed in things. But I'm not going to try to limit my excitement to save myself from the vulnerability of possibly being let down. If it's a letdown, it's a letdown and it's a loss for them. But if they're smart, and they've been in business for over 30 years, I imagine they're pretty good at what they do, then they'll at least find some version of this where it works for everybody. Again, win-win. We get to, I get to do a podcast. I get to be more exposed. We make money. You get marketing reach. I get to be attached to that. And we both grow up. There's no loss here. No one's getting shafted. No one's being taken advantage of. We all win. And if you're thinking win-win, I think most often, more often than not, it's going to work out. Or you're going to at least have people who are willing to invest in what you're saying. So if you're out there, you have a decision. If you're wanting to pursue something, if something is burning in your brain and you're kind of thinking maybe it's not the right time, maybe I can't do it, maybe the resources aren't there. Let me say this as a parting thought. Go big or go home. See you guys next time.